Welcome back to the Cheryl Reeve Show. There is one game in the books. Uh, one of the stars has returned from overseas. Well, both the stars have returned from overseas. One has already played a game. Things are rolling along here. A lot of interesting stuff to get to here with Cheryl Reeve as part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Follow us on Twitter, TalkNorthPod. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank to our sponsors, Rudy Luther Toyota, successful marketing group, and Cara Quinn, your local realtor. So, Cheryl, uh, I don't know where to start, so I'll let you pick. Uh, game one, getting Fee back into town, McBride, you know, getting back in time to play game one, being in New York, uh, the New York area to play the Liberty. Where do you want to start? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, yeah. Might as well start with game one. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously McBride's availability for game one uh, worked out well for us. And if you if you follow the game, you know that she pretty much carried us uh, mm-hmm. offensively in the first half. Um, and, and really uh, defensively, uh, it's just kind of incredible. It was, it was as if she was in our practices going through the game plan with us. You know, all we had to do, I, I always say this about the veteran players that play overseas and they play on different teams. All you have to do is tell them how you want to play something. And they say, okay, got it. And they just go do it. Uh, and so we were able to, you know, kind of share the game plan on uh, Friday. Uh, and and she just went out there and just played. And, you know, it, it's as if she was uh, in training camp with us. So um, we, we needed every bit of what she did and, um, you know, kind of helped us, I guess, survive uh, the first half not being uh, even worse uh, than what it was offensively. So, uh, she did a hell of a job, uh, I thought, on Tarasi. I thought overall, up until the last shot, we actually played well versus Tarasi. Um, you know, sort of limited uh, touches or when she had it, made it difficult. Uh, but she's also, you know, somebody that moves the ball. And we, we exert a lot of energy, um, you know, uh, putting players towards Tarasi to make sure she didn't get off. And unfortunately, that meant uh, some of the others you know, had easier opportunities, especially in the paint. So we have a long way to go. Uh, I hope that, um, you know, since Friday's game, we've had a couple practices. I hope that we have a greater understanding that, uh, or, or have a greater commitment uh, to our identity and the things we'd like to get done defensively. And uh, that was pretty glaring. And, and uh, transition defense was, was really difficult to watch. Um, and, and uh, you know, we, we've just got to get better. We've been talking about it since day one of training camp. All the teams want to run. And uh, we're aware of it, and you know we just didn't get it done. And it's it's it's, it's an effort area. This is not that difficult. And uh, you know sometimes you know it's unfortunate how a ball might might land in terms of the rebound and where we got positioned. But that's that was not the reason why they had 17 fast break points. So uh, and 46 points in the paint. You know that that uh, you know just made it much more difficult for. It. All that being said, we had a chance to win the game. Um, you know, we, we were an execution uh, set away from, uh, you know, maybe getting it to a three-point lead with under 10 seconds uh, or maybe four if we hit a three. Um, but we didn't get that done. And, and uh, you know, we left the, you know, it's like giving Tom Brady the ball back <laughs> with a little bit of time uh, or, or, or someone like an Aaron Rodgers. So, it, it uh, you know, Tarasi made us pay uh, at the most key time she, she hit a shot. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough shot too. Uh, good lord! Uh, and you know, anything you want to say about the uh, the decision that left enough time on the clock for, uh, or, or the I'm sorry, that took time so much time off that you didn't really have a chance at a good second shot, good last shot. Yeah, I, I didn't quite understand the, you know the, the way that they timed it. I you know I had a chance to see it, and um, you know when when the whistle uh, when, when the when the breath into the whistle led to the stoppage of play at six point eight seconds. Uh, you could go back and you could watch and, and Griner has the ball in her hands at 6.8 off of the turnover. 
And as she's letting it go and the ball's in the air and it's still at 6.8 because obviously it takes a full second. So they're saying somehow from the time uh, just after leaving Griner's hands to it gets to Rossi's hands and she dribbles up the court that it took, uh, you know, what was it? 5.8, 5.9 seconds, whatever it was. Uh, and it just simply did not. Um, I, I clocked it at closer to four seconds and honestly thought that we were going to have about three seconds left. Uh, if it was 2.8, I'd understand that, but, but more than 1.1. And so I just didn't quite understand what they were seeing. And, um, you know, I, I, I have been asked to join a call uh, from um, the, the supervisor of officials to, you know, kind of hear uh, about the ending of that game. So it doesn't, doesn't change anything. It's not the reason why we lost. I said, I prefer to talk about the illegal screens that took place that were uncalled. <laughs> uh, you know, we had all of them were against us, none of them against, uh, against Phoenix. And we have a minimum of three uh, that were very clear textbook moving screens that were set that went uncalled. Uh, we have uh, a couple situations that we felt like were perfectly legal. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, two good teams. I, I thought that I thought the Phoenix played great. Uh, I expected nothing less than that. And uh, I thought that in terms of where we were, you know, it was, uh, you know, in terms of coming out of the gates and not really being a well-oiled machine as we're accustomed to being, uh, we, you know, we, we had our work cut out for us to get out of there with a win. And and we almost did. So that was encouraging. But, um, you know, we're still forming our identity. You know, we've talked about that. This is not a place we're accustomed to being. Um, but, but you know, here we are. And, and uh, you know, the beginning of our season, you know, we're going to have to play well uh, to win games. And while we're trying to find our identity, we just have to make sure that, you know, if, you know, we can't get uh, out efforted uh, because we can still win the game while you're working through the kinks of getting to know each other offensively. Uh, defense is effort. doesn't matter who you're playing with. Uh, that's all about effort. Rebounding is effort. Transition D is effort. And so as long as we take care of those effort areas, we should be able to get through those bumps in the road in terms of, uh, you know, the cohesion that it takes uh, when, when you're playing offensively. And you mentioned McBride. Of course, I know she's a good player and I've seen her play before. I was reminded just how quickly she can get off her shot. Yeah, it's nice to have. Um, uh, you know, we, we talked about it when we signed her that we just haven't had this element, um, you know, in, in quite some time. And uh, you'll see she'll be able to do it in a variety of ways. And, and uh, you know, shots fell for her um, against against Phoenix. And, um, you know, she's looked really good in practice. I, you know, the, the, the two days that we had, she has a maturity about her. She has a pace about her uh, that's been revealing, illuminating um, to, you know, what maybe some things we've been asking for uh, from a few other players. And uh, and now we have an example. Uh, and so that when you have that, it sort of raises uh, the rest of the group. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's just, you know, we know uh, how important the signing was. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that she wanted to be here as quickly as she did. And, and we were able to get it done. And, and, and she put us in position to win the game. Uh, listeners of the show might be interested. I had Lindsey Whalen on as a guest on my show, Blocked and Muted with Jim Suhan last week. It was a good conversation. She even took time out of her vacation to do it, which uh, uh, doesn't <laughs> surprise me, but I appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsey. Uh, and that's a fun. I hope that you enjoy listening to that show. We've also added Lavelle Neal to our baseball show with Roy Smalley. Continue to grow the network. And thanks to Cheryl for all of her work on this network. Uh, how soon can Fee be back? Yeah, Fee won't be in the same uh, fortunate situation that, that Kayla was in and that uh, the, the health and safety protocols for her um, are longer uh, than, than what the onboarding process was for, for Kayla. So uh, Fee will have to undergo six negative, six consecutive negative tests 
uh, before she can participate fully with our team. So, um, you know, so whatever, you know, whatever day she got here, I don't even know. I just focus on what I have. I know I don't have fee. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're in, here in Brooklyn and I don't have fee. Um, and, and, uh, we won't, won't have her, um, until, uh, after the, the first Seattle game until after the, whatever, whatever date that ends up being 21st, 22nd, somewhere in there. Um, and then we have some time to incorporate her in before we, uh, go out to, uh, uh, to play Seattle a second time. Uh, what's it like in Brooklyn? Have you got, have you been outside the hotel? Uh, you know, it's, it's really like, I went to target today and there were actually people not wearing masks and allowed to not wear a mask. What's it like uh, in her travels here? Well, I, I haven't been. We were figuring this out. Uh, Planet Pearson uh, played for us in 2017, and that was the last time that we've actually played in the city. And we were talking about how much we've missed, you know, this and kind of being here. And now I've never been over here to Barclays or, or here in Brooklyn. Uh, after the 2017 season, the, the Liberty moved out to Westchester in 2018 mm-hmm. and 2019. And then we were in the bubble. So it's good to be back. Uh, I, I did walk the street a little bit. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know if it's because of the time of day, you know, where we were sort of the end of the day here business wise. And, uh, but, but a lot of things seemed uh, not necessarily open and lots of mask wearing outside. Um, so let alone inside. So I think New York is um, maybe still in a place of, you know, managing, managing the COVID. And uh, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Honestly, I just know that uh, what I saw when I was on the street and uh, we, we did take a full airplane <laughs> from, from many to, to LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of our, our, you know, one of our uh, recent experiences of, of uh, you know, we're, we're back at it. Airports are busy and, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, with vaccinations up and you know, maybe other COVID cases that have happened that, that maybe we can be in a good place. And it feels like we're, we're pretty darn close to being able to shed a lot of, uh, a lot of these restrictions that we've had. Well, let's hope so. And I hope you have safe travels. We want to thank our sponsors, Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. We'd also like to thank Lori Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group, a great marketing company, especially if you're a small, middle-sized business. Hey, Glory here with Successful Marketing Group. As you know, I work with local businesses, and right now, I'd love your help in supporting local Twin Cities restaurants. This month, I'd like to spotlight Day by Day Cafe. They've been a St. Paul institution since 1980. My daughter and I have been going there for almost 20 years. They're family-owned and loved for their scratch kitchen breakfast and magical outdoor patio with koi pond. Oh, and their new wood fire pizzas are a big hit. Go to my Instagram at Successful Biz Owners for more info on them. And local realtor, Cara Quinn. You can find her at caraquinnrealtor.com. Uh, I enjoy getting her emails uh, where she lays out, you know, what's going on in the, local, uh, in the local real estate community. I'm always interested in that, even if I'm not imminently buying. Uh, she explains what's going on in the market, why, why houses have been going so quickly 
uh, in this market lately. So I would, uh, you can find her anywhere, pretty much you're looking for a realtor. I would just go to caraquinrealtor.com. You can ask her questions. Uh, I highly recommend her, whether you're buying, selling, or just investigating what's going on in the market these days. Um, how, what do you think, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, uh, what do you think your rotation's gonna look like when Fee is back? How deep of a bench do you think you'll use? Well, I, I got to uh, run a little bit deeper than I did against Phoenix. I think both of us, both teams got caught up in the starters playing heavy, heavy minutes, and that's just not a place um, I know we want to live. I'm pretty sure uh, Phoenix doesn't want to live in. Um, so I think that's, as I told our second team, you know, after the game, it's a lot easier to second guess uh, what we did or didn't do. Uh, I know what our concerns were. Griner played 39 minutes, um, still played uh, 34, but much of that was because Natalie was in foul trouble and I didn't feel confident in who we might have to be able to, to handle uh, BG. Uh, that being said, I don't know that we had anyone to handle BG in this game. So might've been worth, uh, you know, a flyer to, to get some people off the floor. But uh, that being said, we didn't get it done. I think when fees back, um, you know, it'll, it'll, you know, we'll have a chance to catch our breath after the first, um, you know, three games and look at where we are. What direction do we want to go? And and so we're going to kind of you know see what um, you know what what fee is comfortable with and, and and kind of go from there. But I, I do like our bench. I, I think we've got some depth and we've just got to use it. And you know that's part of the evolution of a team is is really starting to you know nail down you know rotations. And um, you know I wish I could say that we were in a, in a better place than we are uh, right now. It feels kind of um, you know the, the you know each day uh, something new. Um, you know, in terms of the ride. And so we've got to, you know, we, we've got to try to find a groove and, and hopefully this next game uh, against New York tomorrow night, we'll get a little bit closer to that. We'll be a little more mindful. You know, I rely heavily on our staff uh, for that. So, so I think as we learn more about the players, that'll become more apparent. Uh, I watched the Liberty's opener. Sabrina was really good, but really they, they look like a really talented team. Uh, you know, it goes back to what we always say about this league is there are no bad teams. There's just too much talent. Uh, and I'm just wondering, have you had any conversations with Walter? Did you get a chance to watch his team? Uh, I've watched them. Uh, they played two games, both against mm -hmm. Indiana uh, home and then on the road on, on Sunday. Um, I, I certainly, I have not spoken to Walt, but I, I would imagine that uh, he feels a lot better about the team he is on the floor this year versus the yeah. team he had last year. Uh, for a first-time head coach, that was kind of cruel, <laughs> you know, uh, a 2-20 and season and just, you know, playing with a bunch of rookies. That It's just hard, hard to do. It's hard to win in this league that way. Um, and, and you know, considerably better, just adding Sabrina Unescu to it. Um, they had uh, nice free agency uh, signings in Betnaja Laney, who um, was one of the most improved players in the bubble last year after getting waived uh, from, from Indiana and, and Connecticut before that. Uh, so player that's really, really just worked and worked and worked. And, um, and, and she seems at home here. She's a go-to player for them. Sammy Whitcomb, who played for Seattle, uh, made the move from Seattle to New York. Uh, so, uh, and we know about Natasha Howard. Um, uh, she's not available at this time. She's finishing up overseas as well. Uh, but she's going to be one heck of an addition, you know, once once they get it all together. So considerably better team. And as, as we told our team, you know, we, we say this, we've been saying it since day one of training camp, um, you, how hard you have to play uh, to win possessions. Because if you don't, the teams are good enough uh, to beat you that possession. And, uh, you know, if we don't bring it, it'll be it'll be hard for us to win the game tomorrow night. You know, because every team, like you said, is talented and uh, and hungry. I, I think that's the other thing. 
you know, we are hungry. We've got a group that, that uh, wants to do well. So I put us among the hungry teams. Uh, but we're going to be here in, in Barclays uh, playing against a team who, uh, you know, is, is trying to reverse the fortunes of, of last season. So they're, they're pretty darn hungry. Yeah, and I, I've read a bunch of Walt's interviews, and I watched him watched a couple of his interviews. He sounds pretty enthused about this group. It's gonna be it'll be hey, it's gonna be a fun game to watch tomorrow night. Uh, we're recording this on we're watching this on we're recording this on Monday. Of course, the next game is as Links at Liberty on Tuesday. Uh, I highlight, and of course, if you're listening this deep into the show, I'm sure you are watching the game, so I don't need to recommend them. But uh, I think this is gonna be quite a season. Um, any idea when tar- Links games at Target Center might uh, be allowed to go to something like full capacity. Yeah, I think the next step, um, as as we heard, you know, I feel you know the, the the folks that are behind the scenes are really uh, the amount of time uh, that they're spending on uh, trying to you know to to manage the protocols as they were, uh, and then now as they're quickly changing the pace at which they're changing. Uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into this, and you know I sure appreciate our fans' patience. I, I know that. Seating wise, you know, there, there's places they're accustomed to being that we just can't uh, do or have not been able to do uh, the first two games. So the Phoenix game and then this upcoming Seattle game. Uh, and then after that, you're going to see a change uh, to what capacity. I don't know, but I think uh, we've got it's, it's a fluid process. And I think, you know, again, I so appreciate our fans. It was so fun to be back. And, you know, our players felt the energy. And obviously we're excited to, to increase capacity. Because uh, I do think we have a team that people are going to want to watch and want to be there uh, as, as you know, it, 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 uh, the protocols permit. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see more and more. And I, you know, probably realistically, you know, as we as we expand in terms of capacity, when you get back to maybe post Olympics, uh, so that Olympic hiatus, who knows, maybe we're back to, you know, uh, not having to worry about physically distancing the, the seats and having them in pods and and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that all of us, uh, fans included, you know, can, cannot wait. But kudos to the behind-the-scenes folks that are trying to manage all this. And obviously, thanks to our fans for their patience. Uh, just being in the arena meant so much to us. Even if your seat wasn't your most perfect seat, uh, we, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no question. Uh, did you take any interest in the uh, Hall of Fame inductions? Obviously, Minnesota connection with, with Kevin Garnett, but there were also some other interesting names. Yeah, I mean, I'm always interested in that. It's an incredible honor. Um, hard to do. I, you know, we've got a Hall of Famer on our, our staff, and, you know, I just think about, you know, the greatness uh, that, that Katie Smith uh, was as a player, and that's just such an incredible honor to be recognized that way. And, you know, Tamika Catchings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being, you know, being uh, an inductee, and, you know, obviously Kim Mulkey, you know, when you read through her bio, um, though I may not agree, you know, with some other things that she does, I tell you, uh, the success is undeniable. It's really incredible what she's done. So it's just one of those things you just Hall of Fame night when you see it and you just read through, you go, holy cow, these people, you know, what incredible careers. So, you know, congratulations to all of them. And then the announcement of the of the next class, um, you know, uh, uh, Lauren Jackson and, and Yolanda Griffith, two of the you know WNBA grades. It's just incredible. I, I think about being a part of this for two decades and um, you know, college coaching plus that, you know, three decades, um, that's a long time and sustained success. And so, you know, when you're in it, you know, kind of year to year, you, you don't really look up, you just kind of keep moving along. And, and then all of a sudden 30 years into it, you look around, you go, man, these people were really, really great at what they did. 
Uh, and so incredible honor. And uh, it was it was in, uh, always enjoyable to, to listen to the things that they have to say and, you know, the stories along the way. And of course, uh, someone as great as KG for the Minnesota Timberwolves organization. Uh, it's pretty incredible to have a Hall of Famer. Did you have many interactions with Kevin? Did you get to know him at all? I did not. Um, you know, we, we had, uh, I don't remember the years uh, that, that he was here, but when he was a player, it's a lot harder, yeah. um, you know, unless he was in town, you know, because it was on the road or something with the team, you know, we might have casual conversations, but not, not a whole lot of interaction. Uh, I do appreciate his, um, you know, his friendliness towards the players. Uh, I know Lindsey Whalen really appreciated him. And, um, you know, I, I think in terms of, you know, his, his uh, allyship, for the WNBA, I, I think he's he's done real well there. I saw a comment from you some some place uh, about expansion. It's nothing new. You and I have talked about it before, but I I, I did think you put it very succinct, succinctly, which is that uh, I think Derek Fisher was saying, ah, you know, let's be careful here. We can be patient. And the, your your comment was something along the lines of uh, men's sports expand before they have reason to, and and yeah. know that the money eventually will flow. You know, why not? Why not think the same way with women? Yeah, I mean, hit the nail on the head. And, you know, uh, Derek Fisher is, is trained in men's sports. You know, he's grown, he's played men's sports, and he's now coaching a women's sport. And that's the danger of having, you know, men coaching women is that, you know, we can't hold them back. And um, and, and I think the you know, part of, you know, what I'm saying is the mindset, the investment mindset that is absent when it comes to women's sports or the WNBA and its expansion. You know, when we signed the – the deal with ESPN in 2014, you know, I remember being feeling like the, the league was elated uh, with, you know, you get a TV deal, you know, you, you feel like you've made it. That was really important. But to sign a 10 year deal that showed no um, uh, idea that there would be growth in the game. Uh, I say this, we're the biggest bargain uh, that, that ESPN, you know, for, for, uh, you know, signing a, um, you know, TV deal with a sports league. It just, there was no growth in that. And, and so that was uh, really smart on ESPN's part. I don't think as far as the powers to be at the WNBA, um, you know, I don't think that we're seeing ourselves in a big enough light. You have to sort of plant the seeds. You got to, and then you got to water it and then it's going to grow and then it becomes a field of flowers. Like, you know, you just have to, you have to have that mindset. You have to, you know, kind of lay the foundation for, um, you know, in sports leagues, 20 to 30 years is what it takes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you constantly have a small minded look at this and you're constantly being told that you can't do this because you lost a dollar, that's not what we do in men's sports. And, and so you're going to have to go through that process of expansion and laying the foundation and growing the business for what you think it will be 20 to 30 years from now not what you think it's going to be this year or next year for those teams. Men's sports simply don't do that. We throw the money at it and invest in it like crazy and don't care if you make a dollar because you're thinking about the ability to increase the valuation of it in 20 to 30 years. And that's all I'm saying is we just haven't done it. We've lost, you know, this is 25 years into the WNBA and we're still thinking the same way as we did in the beginning. Uh, and so I think Kathy Engelbert is going to be the one that's going to push that envelope and say, you know, why would we wait for 12 healthy teams? Why? Tell me what, you know, what other men's sport does that? It just doesn't happen. Look at the MLS. There are mm -hmm. millions and millions of it just It just doesn't happen. And so we're going to have to encourage people to think about women's sports the same way as men's sports. Otherwise, it's another 25 years and we take these little baby steps.
Um, and, and the product, you know, there, there's there's just no no real good excuses other than you know just a a limited uh, vision for what women's sports women's professional sports can be. You know, if only there were a local example of somebody like investing, say, eighty-eight million dollars in a in a sports franchise, and even without having a lot of on-court success, later being able to sell it for one point five billion dollars. And that's that's a, it's the best example, right? Is the NBA. Um, you know, think about you know, the you know the sixties and seventies, eighties. Like, how long did this take? You know, but we didn't stop throwing money into it. And uh, yeah, like you said, look <laughs> look at the you know, from eighty-eight to you know, what was it, one and a half billion? You know, that's, that's pretty incredible. So really, really happy for Glenn. I saw you mention, yeah, I saw you mention on Twitter uh, that there will be a first toy line dedicated to women's sports. I think it's called Sports Bigs, although I'm not really clear on the name of the company. But anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I, I just saw it today, too. I, I knew that Rebecca Brunson and then also uh, we have another player who's uh, currently involved in in having a uh, superhero modeled after her. So uh, just really fun times. I think that, um, you know, as much as, you know, we talk about you know, the, the you know, limited vision for women's sports in terms of the league itself and expansion, there have been a number of uh, companies that are really starting to understand uh, the market that's there. Um, there's just so much you can do uh, with professional female athletes and, and so now, you know, getting greater representation and, you know, having a toy line uh, after, you know, inspired by women's sports, it's just really, it's just really cool. It's really important. You know, when you think about young girls and boys growing up and now when you go to a store and you could actually buy, uh, you know, female athlete toys. Um, so it's, you know, these are all just massive steps. You know, this is not small, this is massive. And uh, yeah, so I'm just really happy. I, you know, I talked to Rebecca Brunson about it, you know, back when it was first, uh, you know, sort of coming to fruition and now now it's being launched. So really exciting, uh, really fun for her, obviously. And then uh, just for all of women's sports, really incredible, and meaningful. Uh, let's give Cheryl a final thought here to talk about whatever she would like. Once again, thank you to Rudy, Rudy Luther Toyota, successful marketing group and local realtor Cara Quinn. Uh, thanks to everyone who's listening to Talk North as we continue to expand. We appreciate it, and we'll, we'll keep rolling these shows out for you. Uh, final thoughts, Cheryl, anything you like? Yeah, as I sit here and look at the Brooklyn Bridge, um, you know, my final thought is uh, we got to go win this game tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, and here, here and uh, like I said, it's not going to be easy. Uh, there's talent on, on both sides, but, you know, we have to we have to play well and, and, and advance and be better than the last game we played or even the last practice that we were at. So, um, you know, that's our mission is each day we're together is to get better. Uh, and so I think they're probably excited to, you know, play a game tomorrow night and see where we are after, you know, our Phoenix experience and then a couple of days of practice. All right. Well, safe travels. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon.